Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. For joining us, really good to be with you. And we have a lot going on. I'm actually, when we're doing interviews now, I'm getting guests, for example, that have expertise in two or three or four areas, and and we're having to narrow down things. Things are happening so quickly. Uh, just quick uh, word to the wise here, and I doubt that we'll get into this very much in this broadcast. But um, with the uh, day of revenge coming from the announced um, trans group, I, I think Christians people in general should be very cautious on April 1st which is called their day of uh, revenge uh, they want to prevent gen uh, what is it um, trans genocide get it be kidding me but I'm just warning you there's a reason why they're not releasing the manifesto and I think that they know that uh, there's more targets ahead and it's probably organizationally based that's one of the conclusions I've drawn, as well as the fact that they chose a school that did not have police or resource officer security, which every school should have. I don't know why they're opposed to it unless they like body counts, particularly of Christian kids, right? So anyway, this is the Doug and Dave Intel Report, and we're going to be talking about something that scares the literal hell out of me, which I, I actually wrote about this quite frequently back in 2010 to 2012, where people in the industry were coming out against robotics, advanced robotics and AI as a direct threat to humanity. And uh, Doug and I are going to be hitting on that pretty hard today, but before we join Doug, need to let you know that I believe that pretty soon the only food you're going to have is the food that's already in your house. You need to expand what you're doing with food collection. I recommend you go to My Patriot Supply because if you buy in bulk to save money from a grocery store, you'll have an imbalance in your food supply. My Patriot Supply has breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, 2,000 calories per day, 25-year shelf life, great savings that you can see when you go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com. And I'm going to be really straightforward with you here. Obama behind the scenes, through Biden, is poisoning the food supply. Uh, You've got 1,400 tons of of what? What was it yesterday? Uh, Methane, other chemicals going into the Ohio River. Yeah, exactly. That too. Thanks, Doug. And then you've also got uh, the dioxide on top of that. Uh, this is intentional. It's hitting the breadbasket, people. This stuff ends up in the transpiration cycle, and it comes back to Earth in the form of rainfall. And I reported on that in um, the Gulf oil spill with Corexit. And uh, cancer clusters forming deluxe, never be covered. Uh, get your food so you're not uh, victimized by this. So go to foodwithdave.com that's foodwithdave.com and then of course if you have food you better have water Doug has been warning as long as we've been broadcasting that he believes at the right time the grid's going to be taken down by one means or another and when that happens where are you going to get your water well you'll build a scavenger but will you get water that's drinkable well that depends it's kind of luck of the draw right well, not if you have the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. It's number one in the industry. We publish the research at waterwithdave.com. They have a limited supply. They never overproduce so they can keep the price down. And that's a problem for maintaining supply, so you better act quickly. And we recommend you get more than one because things get lost, broken, and stolen. 
And so you need water filtration. If you have to carry water that you scavenge and you lengthen, you really need to have more than one as well. So go to waterwithdave.com. They, too, have a significant savings, and I do mean significant. So I'm strongly, strongly urging you to get your food and water needs met. And then finally, get your comfort needs met. Mike Lindell's people have approached us before, and they said you can sell our stuff for 50 to 75% off. That's for your audience. And it's everything, everything from the new 2.0 pillow casings that regulate temperature to the slippers to the whole nine yards. Go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges, MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. And those are the live read sponsors for this edition of the Common Sense Show and the Doug and Dave and Intel Report. Doug and I are going to be talking about, like I said, AI. And, and Doug, I'm going to tell you what a military guy told me. And this is a military guy of some significance. I asked him specifically about this. And he said he's aware of weaponized AI, but it's not in the mainstream of military, nor is he aware of any plans to bring it into the mainstream of military. And he said certainly if war were to break out anytime soon with Russia or China, uh, he knows no way of bringing that to the forefront to the benefit of the United States. So he's left questioning the purpose of the AI. Do you have any comments on his uh, observation? Well, the Pentagon wants to use artificial intelligence for deep faking purposes. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, right off the bat, it's devious, it's nefarious, and whatever is used against our enemies seems to always get used against us at the end of the day. So, I, I'm not a fan of the uh, the big government's use of AI. I'm not a fan of AI. Because it's a demon in a box, and once you open that box up, who knows what can happen. Um, Currently, China is one of the leading industries in artificial intelligence. And China, however, is going to use artificial intelligence to combat blockchain technology. So the thing about China is it doesn't want you to have crypto. Right, Dave? It doesn't want you to have any relevant currency besides what it has for its people. It needs total control and power. So China is currently creating, I don't know what you would call this. Um, There's been much debate about this, but the artificial intelligence versus blockchain technology. And, And the artificial intelligence will allow for more centralized control while blockchain typically consists of decentralized networks. So if you weaponize AI to destroy cryptocurrency, and who saw that one coming? You know, and with the WEF and the way the the digital currency is being rolled out here in America, it seems like blockchain will be under attack. That's Bitcoin, right? And I know many of our listeners uh, have uh, many success stories from Bitcoin and using some other form of digital currency. Uh, and I support that. Nothing wrong with that. But you have authoritarian regimes like the Chinese Communist Party who push for more AI. And it's the more AI, the more control. So then the Pentagon says, well, we're going to use AI uh, for deep faking our enemies. Well, why don't they use AI to attack China's AI, who's attacking the blockchains? You know, we're we're getting into like a six-generation war already. This is growing fast, very, very fast. And it goes, actually, Dave, when you and I were talking about this, at like three in the morning, but it goes to the the Restrict Act that's probably going to be passed in Congress, the restriction of the Internet. That'll be done with the use of AI, and it will also restrict artificial intelligence use to the regular civilian populace. So you won't be able to make all the funny pictures about the Pope getting arrested and run away from police, or Trump, or Biden, or Fauci. All these funny pictures are coming out, but it's 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 so much more nefarious than that. The wrong AI virus, the wrong sentient computer virus can do what? Or, or let me ask you, Dave, what can't it do? 
I don't know. I don't know what the limits are. I do know, though, as I said at the top of the show, that the very creators of this technology were questioning its use back in 2010 to 2012. So now it's even gone further. But, uh, um, you know, one of the things that was suggested to me, too, in a conversation I had is AI may be restricted from for uh, to space use for the, by the Space Force, and the Space Force will rule overall. I can't verify that, but that makes a lot of sense because it almost makes it untouchable, doesn't it? Well, I don't think anything's untouchable anymore. You know, even if it's even if it's sitting up in the satellite, there are people who just if you have computer access to anything, someone can hack it. Like the fourteen year old kid, the freshman in high school, on his lunch break who hacked into the Pentagon. You know what I mean? Like, if that kid can do that... Oh, by the way, he did it with his cell phone. I don't even understand how to use half of my phone. This is... um, The the day in technology that we're in right now is advancing leaps and bounds. I remember talking to Hugo DeGarris. Remember Hugo DeGarris, Dave? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yes. Brilliant man. Absolutely brilliant man. He's gone recluse now. It's very, very sad. I've actually reached out to Hugo a couple times. But uh, he, I remember we were at Steve Quell's conference. You and I were there. Uh, this is many, many moons ago. And me and my wife were talking to Hugo. Uh, we just had a little sidebar conversation with him. And uh, we were, you know, out by the, out by the pool it was me and Gary Haven and Steve and I think you were out there and a bunch of other people smoking cigars and I I kind of cornered Hugo and I said, "Hey, I, I want to ask you a very serious question. How dangerous is AI? I know you gave an amazing um speech about AI, but like give me the short and sweet how dangerous is AI?" And Hugo told me we should have never created it. We should have never delved into that. You know who else says that? Elon Musk says that. Yeah, every day. Every day. That man. Have you ever seen the uh, the the video, very viral, of um, him <laughs> smoking weed with Joe Rogan, getting high, uh, you know, freaking each other out, talking about the, the the potential destruction of AI? It's very entertaining. Uh, from like a high school kid standpoint, but when when he starts talking about what AI can do to you in the future, how eventually, if we don't put his chip implants in our brains, which I completely am against that, that AI will be able to interface with everything that is on your person and can actually turn it against you and manipulate your entire world around you. That goes into what the Pentagon's working on. And when you say when we say the Pentagon, just go ahead and think DARPA. This is absolutely DARPA's uh purview. DARPA is the the department of creating the latest and greatest of all the weaponry and AI is a weapon. I, would you debate that? Would you say AI is anything else but a weapon? Well, it's a control mechanism, so in that sense, yes, I, it's a weapon, but it also can be weaponized too. This is something I had a conversation with a guy and, and I've been asked never to say his name. Let's just put it this way. He works in banking at a high level and then he also works for DARPA. And what he told me, he said, all medicine is frequency. And he said, if you can control the frequency specific to the cells that control certain things like cancer, heart disease, he said, you name it, it all has a different frequency. And we know this, and we have it down in detail. His job was to provide funding and advice. He was a consultant. And what he told me, and this is what scared him, he said, if they want to induce a heart attack in someone, right frequency, expose them to it. If you want to uh, uh, induce apathy to a population, wide-spectrum band bra- uh, broadband use of something from a satellite to encompass a specific geographic area, and you could change the mood and the temperament, even induce mental illness. And That's right. This, 20, 25 this, hertz. Yeah, Have they, you seen what 25 hertz does to water? 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but by the way, did you know those experiments? And this is what this guy told me. He told me this, I want to say it was like 2013, 2014. Uh, it was around the overthrow uh, of Ukraine, so in 2014. He told me it is illegal for, unless you are sanctioned by the government, it is illegal to do these experiments. I did not know that until he told me that. No, I the frequency, the frequency-based aspect of it, um, I have known about this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did experiments on civilian populations that aren't well publicized. And it was done under U.S. Code 50, Section 32. And now you can still find reference to that code on the net, but it's no longer in effect. They've morphed it into other things. But they didn't even need permission. So when the government says we can't experiment on our own population, that's BS. Because all that was required under 5032 was to notify one. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. Local official. And I wrote an article about it. I said they could notify your dog catcher for the city, and that would be enough. And, and so they have already done these experiments on frequency manipulation on human populations in the United States. So with 25 hertz... And Dave knows us. If you don't know this, ladies and gentlemen, just look up on YouTube, 25 Hertz and water. And you will see that it's just a regular flowing stream of water. And then 25 Hertz is applied and the water turns into a spiral. A literal flowing spiral. It's not computer generated effects or anything like that. It's just simple frequency. Now, if any of you have ever been in the military or in law enforcement, you may have experienced this. But I remember when we were out in California, when I was in the Marine Corps, we were getting ready for a pre-deployment training. And I was a boot at that time, so I was like 18, 19 years old. And DARPA, or excuse me, gentlemen from the Navy were out there. <laughs> DARPA's part of the Navy. Um, we had guys that were out there, and they were testing out. Um, 
an LRAD, a, a low-range, um, was it, frequency device, okay? And it put out so many hertz, like, I don't know, like 120 hertz of uh, frequency. Anyways, what they did was they had a bunch of us out in the crowd, all of us young, dumb boots, and they turned this sonic blast machine on, and you didn't hear anything, but immediately the inside of your body started just vibrating. And then you started to get hot, like you were being cooked, because it's a microwaving type of energy. And uh, we had some guys, like, you know, pass out. Uh, I know my buddy threw up his guts. We just came back from the chow hall, and we got put into a volunteer force. And, um, you know, if anyone's been in the military, give me, you know, if you ever heard it, give me three Marines, and no one raises their hand. You get chosen at random. First three within the crowd, go over there and, you know, get punished by the Navy guys. And so I was like, man, this sucks. And, well, in law enforcement, we used LRADs on uh, riots. And uh, But we were only allowed to use it as an enunciation machine. We were not allowed to use the frequency against the crowd, which was stupid because we probably could have stopped at least a couple million dollars worth of damage if D.C. would have allowed us to use it. <clears throat> but instead, D.C. would rather us get into fistfights and shoot projectiles at people instead of using something that doesn't actually hurt you, just irritates you. But I was watching something last night. I don't know how to describe what I watched, Dave. Uh, there is a company. I should have sent it to you. I sent it to Tim Alberino because I figured since he's the uh, transhumanist guy, maybe he has a, a better explanation for it. But there is this company that created a living organism, 3D printed living uh, flesh, and it has a computer for a brain. Okay. So you plug and it's 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 like a Mr. Potato Head. It's it's weird. I don't know how to describe this, but you plug the computer module into this flesh, and that's uh, like the central nervous system. And then he plugs this other node into it, and it's the lungs. And then plugs this other node into it, and it's like the shoulders. And then actually inserts two little arms. And you see the blood circulation. You see the lungs moving. It's a living, breathing thing with a computer for a head. And then it immediately, once you plug the arms in, the brain senses with its little nervous system, the arms, and it starts crawling. And it's made of flesh. It's 3D printed. And, I, and, I, and it's 3D printed around robotics. And the whole time, Dave, I'm thinking Terminator. You've just created the beginnings of what's eventually going to be Skynet. And it's it's using artificial intelligence. And this little bitty brain, this little bitty computer brain, automatically will go, and he had it like in a, a hot spotlight, and it automatically crawled into the shade where it was cooler. And that was that was like the whole video. It was like 30 seconds long. And my mouth dropped. And I'm just sitting here looking at this going, my Lord, how far have we fallen? It's like a little mutilated chicken looking thing with a computer for a head. And it's, I I don't know, would you call that alive, Dave? I don't know what to call it. What's the most striking effect that uh, you're aware of? The most striking effect is that they can 3D print Flesh, lungs, yeah. a circulatory system. You would think for like an amputee, this would be a good thing, right? Okay. Uh, but everything is nefarious when it comes to the military. Don't think it's not. But you could create organisms with this. This is just the beginning. When this becomes weaponized, okay, and, and consider it, I don't know how else to say this, consider it like, uh, three tennis balls all plugged together, okay? And on the last tennis ball, there's two little holes in it that put the arms in it, okay? That's that's like the machinery of it. Well, you can then attach more arms and more arms and make it into like a centipede-looking thing if you wanted to, all right? So the application is endless for the creator. 
And I think you see stuff like this, and it's it's the beginnings of of nightmares from horror movies when people say, "Don't create stuff like this because you give us the monsters in the future." It's the beginning of what could be a monster in the future. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that. Um, I'll make sure that I add the video whenever this gets posted to the Rumble channel. I'll, and Dave, I'll send you the video too. But I'll make sure I add the video at this mark, and I'll insert it so that y'all can see it. There's my, my Texas accent, y'all. So that y'all can see it because it's disturbing, Dave. And it's it's through the use of uh, 3D printing flesh. It's through the use of artificial intelligence. And I think, you know, we're going so far and beyond what science applications like should have been. So now we're starting to just tinker and have fun with it. And it's it's getting very nefarious, obviously, with the woke culture in this world. But you have some really evil people in the world who have access to this stuff. What couldn't they create, Dave? Yeah, the, you know, I'm going to tell you, this is really kind of an obscure story. But, but it's a form of early predictive programming. I don't remember the name of the movie, but I remember one night, or I couldn't have been more than eight or nine years old, and my parents wanted to go to an event. My sister was on a date. And they said, you can stay home, be by yourself, or you can go to the movie. I had no one to go to the movie with that night, but I went anyway. And it was a story about Martians that had come to Earth. It was one of the old corny sci-fi movies, but not so corny. Uh, and there were replacements. They were manufacturing human replacements for humans, and they would be Martians. And it was synthetic life form. Now that I look back on it, didn't have the expertise then. But I remember the movie pretty clearly because it scared the living hell out of me. And at the end of the movie, every person on the earth that was alive had been replaced by one of these entities. And there were no humans left. And Martians effectively took over the planet. I haven't thought of that movie since I was probably eight years old. And yet your story just took me right back to that movie. Because when you talked about creating synthetic flesh and the like, I'm thinking, this is a replacement technology. Why else would they do it? In other words, they control the synthetic. They have some kind of master kill switch, uh, master control switch, uh, to to make sure that they don't rise up against the controllers. But... um, there's not going to be a human left alive. And as you were talking, my mind also reflected to Revelation, where it says if Jesus didn't return, there'd be no flesh left alive. Well, I found the name of the company, and it's called The Modular Body. And it is, I think, grown out of human flesh. Well, Are they growing it? Are they growing it themselves or adapting it from a human i mean is it cloning what what is it it's probably the size of your hand and like the little legs look like little chicken wings like the chicken wings that you'd cook that's what that's what it looks like it's i don't know how to explain it i'm going to send you the video and let you watch it it is freaky like i said i'll include it on on this video uh this podcast but man i it takes my breath away when I watch it because I'm like, this is so evil looking. I don't even know how to explain how weird this is. But it's the company is called the Modular Body, and it, it in there he's talking something about human modular body, and uh, you know it's like a plug and play, creating your own Frankenstein. I mean, how could that possibly go wrong, right? You know, the last thing we need is for DARPA with the Atlas robot that is uh, pretty close uh, to being almost perfected, I guess you could say, with its uh, capabilities, maneuverabilities. I mean, the thing can do a standing backflip, okay? 99% of the people in the world can't do a standing backflip, and half of them can't land it on a trampoline. So when you have a 350-pound machine that can hold an object in its hands and do a backflip, and we have the ability to potentially, I don't know, 3D print or or flesh graft uh, human skin onto a machine, what does that sound like to you? It's Terminator. That's Terminator. And we know that. Yeah, but it's only, uh, Doug, I'm looking at this here. The flesh part of this 
speaks to the fact of replacement technology. It does, it, doesn't yeah, it? Because are you, want, you, are you, you watching adapt, it? No, I'm, I don't see it now. I, I can't watch it while I'm okay. in the system. But, but okay. the, the thing I'll tell you, though, is this. is that You're talking about, when you're talking about uh, creation of flesh, you're also going side by side with cloning. Um, yeah. You're in the same genre right there. And and I, that's why my mind went to that movie I saw when I was eight years old that I haven't thought of since. Um, and there has been other shows about this. I know The Outer Limits uh, had a show like this, that was, and that show was popular when I was a child, probably about six or seven years old. And for some reason, I'm reflecting on the shows I've seen now. But I, I let me give you an example why you'd want to do this. Um, if you bring these Boston Dynamic robots out that we've all seen that can do amazing things, um, that's going to scare the public, and the public will rise up and unite against it. But if you subtly replace uh, an entity with, uh, let's say, a Joe Biden lookalike or uh, a Donald Trump lookalike, for example, uh, and you slowly infiltrate into the leadership of the population, uh, you're not going to raise red flags like you would if you put robots in control and they're doing terrible things. If you put humans in control and they're doing terrible things, you know, I, I, I think it's much more subtle and it's much more plausible. And if I wanted to take over and eventually destroy the human race and replace it with a, a demonic entity, for example, remember, think end times, think tribulation, think mark of the beast. If I was to do that, doing it with human substitutes would be much more uh, successful than doing it with mechanical device that would draw immediate opposition. Absolutely. And here I found the article for it. So if anybody's interested, go to popularmechanics.com, and it is the modular body. So scientists have built the first modular body, a living being that isn't alive. Like that that right there in the beginning just is going to be demonic. Uh, In my mind, not saying that it's going to be demonic right off the bat, but who's to say that a demonic entity could not take over a non-living body? So a biologist is using collected human cells to create a living organism powered by technology. That would be a cyborg. This modular unit offers independent modules that can connect and detach. The experiment shows off future possibilities of switching out organs. Biologist Cornelis or Cornelis uh, Vlasman envisions the human body as a working biological Lego system. And his clickable system of interchanging human organs is coming to life if you're willing to define life fairly loosely. And, and you're willing to suspend reality for a bit. In a fictional experiment, Vlasman created Oscar, a living organic being formed from his own cells, albeit one that functions with the help of technology. And if having a pocket-sized human system crafted by organic material wasn't interesting enough, Oscar is fully modular. There's, uh, here's where you can start thinking Lego-like worlds, with each part interchangeable to create unique arrangements. While this is a sadly sci-fi experiment, it is one that it might just have legs and arms. In the video from a few years ago, recently unearthed by Newsbreak's Andre Top. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Blaga. Boy, say that name five times fast. Vlasman shows off his brain module, which is a fully electric device, connects to his lung module. The two immediately start interacting together. He adds a kidney module and then attaches two different limb modules that start actuating the organism to move as the organic matter starts sliding across the table and it's disgusting to watch. It makes you start to worry Oscar is up to and what's actually possible in the future. Glassman says this prototype with a bloodstream and nerve signals transmitted throughout the connectors 
changes the human body from a closed system to an open source system. So, in, in, you would think in hindsight, you know, this is, uh, this is probably going to go really, really bad. But his intentions are if an organ fails or if a limb fails and it can be amputated and then his devices connect to, to you, you could have a modular system where you could have, I don't know, a kidney, a heart, a liver, an arm, a leg, hopefully not a head, um, that is grown from your own human cells and they can be attached back to you and powered vis-a-vis technology. But it just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It creeps me out. Well, I'm going to creep you out even more. The early stages of this might be fueled by one country's obsession with organs, and that's China. Yep. Uh, when they take the Falun Gong, for example, to prison, and they've done this with the Uyghurs, uh, they excise their organs without anesthesia when the person's still alive. And uh, organ trafficking is also big in Chinatown and uh, San Francisco, and, and people are uncomfortable talking about that, but I've heard way too many stories that parallel what's going on in China. We know there's CCP operatives in Chinatown, too, and they talk to people like Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris regularly. That's another story for another time. But I would say that uh, China's obsession with organ trafficking is is clearly that. One of the things, too, that has come to my attention for years, for years, and I didn't understand it at first, that when you capture children for child trafficking, for sex, and then we hear um, that these kids are snuffed out and their organs are taken, if you put it in this context, that starts to make sense. Well, in Ukraine, uh, Polish uh, paramilitary found a grave site that had 500 bodies. That's the estimate. And you, you never really can tell what is propaganda with the whole Ukraine thing. But it's, it, this is the uh, situation is that Polish um, paramilitary fighters find 500 bodies. I believe it was in a warehouse potentially somewhere near Poland or on the border with Poland all of them were gutted and all their organs were missing out of all these men and they're all Ukrainian soldiers and we've been hearing for months now Dave and I that there has been a reaper's harvest of dying and severely wounded Ukrainian soldiers and uh I guess the, the lady came from, like, Sweden or whatever. She's like a, I don't know, a special doctor who can, like, take your guts out real fast or whatever. I don't know what she does. But apparently they brought her in, and they started to organ harvest anyone who was dying. I mean, you talk about a way to make a lot of money really, really fast. It's organ harvesting. And supposedly it was being done on children as well. You know, and it just makes me think, Dave, like, where does it stop? Where does it stop? How much longer will it be till you can shop for a human heart? Um, or, you know, you have to pay a little bit extra to have one grown for you. That's the key right there, the cost. You see, this is not technology for the masses. They, the, the globalists are all on the record of saying they want to reduce the population by at least 90%. Uh, this is uh, life extension technology for the rich and famous. And it could be the, the volume that they're collecting these organs in. It could be uh, what we're already suggesting, human replacements. A servant class. Yep. Remember how Alex Jones came out? many years ago and he got blasted by the internet for saying that um, here in the US and over in China that they were growing clones within the stomachs of cows yes did we ever hear anything else like that no no and, and he got criticized and and you know I, I don't have access to Alex's stuff or his knowledge or information but I'm going to say from what I knew at the time I heard this 
I thought, why are people laughing? This is entirely possible, and China is evil enough to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, it got it got uh, silenced really, really fast. And I'm I'm willing to bet that it did happen. It probably does happen. I mean, I, I would I would never put it past our government. I mean, man, when you look at stuff like the Monarch Project and MK Ultra and all this other stuff, and you see just how wicked our government is to its own people, why would you not put it past the mad scientists? But do you think these scientists have an origin, like going back from the crazy Nazi scientists, or do you think this is like a a, a new span of uh, I don't know what you would say um, evil? Do you think this is like a new a new group of doctors who are starting this, or do you think they're just carrying on um, the traditional old uh, scientific experiments? Well, I think from the thirty thousand foot view, what you just asked me is accurate. But I also think, too, you probably have a lot of participants in this. It's so compartmentalized, they don't know what they're doing or working on. They might be told you're working on a cure for cancer, but it's really this replacement technology that we're suggesting. But they don't have enough information to draw that conclusion. And if you compartmentalize it well enough throughout the scheme, then you only have the overseers who really know what's going on. So I would say this could be a massive project but so subdivided that uh, the secret remains fairly well intact. But I will tell you this. The, the conversation I had with the banker that had the DARPA connections, there are people that will have bouts of conscious, conscience, and they will um, speak out. They will leak the information. So I think the fact that we're hearing about it in the form that we are lends credibility that we're seeing some leaks from inside a highly compartmentalized plot to destroy humanity. And and listen, I understand this sounds like the most um, um, kind of fantastic conspiracy theory ever, but I would just say this. Go read the book of Revelation. Read it, and then tell me this is not possible. Well, I think within today's world, that realm of possibility grows more and more every day. You know, I mean, when we were talking to Hugh DeGarris, and he said that uh, this is where I learned what the word teraflop was, that eventually you have something that is a microchip that is, what he said, like it's a hundred times smaller than a grain of sand. And all it does is flip one and zero. And if you program, you know, the one and you program the zero, you know, a yes or no or a, a kill or survive or, you know, kill or release, right? Um, and computing grows every 10 years. It grows like a hundred years or more in advancement. And, and for me, I, I'm, I'm not into all the, the computer techie stuff, guys. I, I don't know, um, to the full extent what these types of brainiacs know, but I can tell you this much, that when they say they're worried and they're the ones creating it, I mean, Hugo, he created the first artificial brain in China. The first artificial brain. That man created it. And he's sitting here telling us, like, we have a really big problem coming with artificial intelligence and the use of the technocracy. So let's go into that. Who would use... These new instruments of war, the synthetic biology, uh, the artificial intelligence, the artificial brain, the cybernetic uh, individuals, because God forbid we give them pronouns, right? Um, who would use that to their advantage? Bill Gates, the WEF, Donald Trump, who do you think? Any of the above. Uh, depends on the purpose. Um, they, they would make good intelligence operatives if you could clone them to full adulthood and awareness, which I think is entirely possible. The problem you have in this, and this is what I've not mastered, Doug, is I have no problem believing about the physical replicability and the uh, physical appearances. Uh, right. Down to the fingerprints could fool you. The uh, iris scans could fool you. But what we don't know is how much of the consciousness can be transferred. 
that is something I've never been able to penetrate. I've read about this. I've read that uh, consciousness can be entrapped. And if you have right frequencies, you can transfer from one to the other. But it still remains in the realm of science fiction. That's what I'm not sure of. And if we're looking at replacement technology, you're going to replace a leader with a clone, for example. Um, you would have to master that transference of information. So, and we know that with the elite, that the their eventuality is to what? Upload their their consciousness digitally mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. a a computer that they think they'll survive in. Like that's such quasi science. I, I just I'm sorry I don't believe that could ever work. And I know some some person is going to email me now and give me this whole spiel about how they're all these different things and they can prove to me that you know all this is real by watching flat Earth videos. No, no, I, I can I can give I, you I, one scenario to consider. And I'm saying consider, but Doug, listen to this. I can't believe it. Okay, but listen, I think I think it's possible, and I think we see hints of this, because when you look at the early days of transhumanism, uh, when it was public, and they talked about Google Glass and so forth, the one phrase that you kept hearing from the globalists and their minions was, um, you had to have, uh, what was the phrase they used? The melding of man and machine. That's a phrase that was constantly stated. Okay, my friend Vance Davis, former NSA NATO, he's writing about the uh, tenets of transhumanism back in the late 1980s, way before this term was ever brought into the public arena. And and he talked about this very thing. He said, we're told that this is possible. Now, this is classified information with NASA and with the NSA. Not NASA, but the NSA. Uh, I think we're looking at some kind of realm there of the melding of man and machine. I think it's entirely possible. And if you accept the fact that Gene Roddenberry was a CIA cutout, and I do think that that's absolutely true, there was an episode on Star Trek where uh, the crew encountered beings that survived a Holocaust event on their planet by putting their consciousness inside containers. And that's kind of the melding of man and machine. Only now I think it falls into the realm of, of uh, robotics. I think it's possible, Doug. I, I understand your skepticism, and there's a big gap between uh, Google Glass, melding a man and machine, and what we're talking about. But I think the path is, is, is out there for us to look at. This is a natural progression. Well, what I, and when I see this, what I think is you're going to have someone who's going to try to upload their consciousness to an artificial intelligent computer. And the only thing that an artificial intelligent computer is going to be able to grab from your memories are, you know, what it can gather and then emotional responses from watching your mannerisms. And, uh, you know, obviously it'll look like you. It'll sound like you. It'll probably uh move like you of course you'll never i don't think you'll ever get and maybe this is just my my cynical look at it because of the way our technology is currently i'm not looking at a hundred thousand years or more down the line um i i just i see the mechanics now and i'm like there's no way you can get a robot to walk normally or to have that sly approach but artificial intelligence can fake it to make it enough for dumb people to believe it. Those of us with discernment, Christians with discernment, can spot this a mile away because you have something in you, inherently in you, or you better, that is going to be telling you this is not what you think it is, and that is the Holy Spirit. Okay? You know, right now we got men who can almost look like women, but guess what? Even, you know, regular men and women can tell, okay, this this is a catfish. This is not what it appears to be. But when the machine, the machine that is always going to be inherently, what, faster, um, stronger, and the ability to, I guess, uh, digitally link itself to any type of wireless device, that's a whole new level of threats. Um, something that's always going to have the edge on you. When it can finally move like you, look like you, sound like you, do they need us anymore? You know, would they even 
And and you got to understand that with artificial intelligence, look at the the loose cannon of Chat GPT and some of these other just the AI yeah. talking bots. You know, I mean, you can't even have a peaceful conversation with that machine. What happens when it gets its own legs, its own body, its own ability to make decisions? Would it even need us at that point? Would it even want to assist us in our sentience of becoming these AI gods? Well, I want, I want to go back and address something you said because you just brushed right over it. You said that Christians could discern a fake, and I agree with you entirely. Um, there's a mechanism inside of us that's already been established scientifically in the field of the guided imagery and hypnosis that the, the thinking is is that you could actually hypnotize someone to go against their will. Not unless you use chemical inducement, um, subdiffusion, and so forth. But straight hypnosis cannot make someone go out and rob your local convenience store uh, at the orders of someone under hypnosis. It does not work because of something called perceptual defense. And that's a well-established fact. And I believe that the perceptual defense also aids in us in sensing, you know, your first impression of somebody. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. I should never have got involved with Johnny or Mary or whoever because my gut was telling me, your gut is your perceptual defense. And this has been tested in laboratories and social psychology experiments. This is a real phenomenon. So when you say that you can actually discern what would be a real entity that's a human with a soul and one that isn't, uh, I, I believe that's true. And I believe the perceptual field is beyond the layman's understanding. The other thing I'm going to say to you is, is I'm not as skeptical as you are about the technology gap, that you couldn't produce something that could a lot of people who don't have that discernment. They're not in the spirit of Jesus and you don't have the Holy Spirit working in them. And and I'm going to tell you, go back to 1943 and the Philadelphia experiment with Tesla. One of the things I learned from my father and his revelations of working with the German scientists, technology was bifurcated. We stayed on the three-dimensional physics plan for colleges and universities and high school students and the quantum physics, for lack of a better term, went to a whole new level. And what happened to that technology that Tesla developed that could be applied to this? Well, it went to the Navy, and then it went to the OSS, and the OSS became the CIA, and the CIA was created in the same year as the NSA, and they controlled this technology. And so science bifurcated in the United States in two different directions. And this is something that came directly from my father with example after example after example. And I have seen through the years how he was 100% right on the money. The technology that exists in these arenas is so advanced, we can't even imagine where it's at. We just know there's two different directions of science. And there's an occasional bridge. We now see quantum physics being taught with super string theory, Michio Kaku, and people like that. We're seeing it taught now in universities. But I've been told it's probably very primitive to what actually exists in reality. See, I was listening to I was listening to a guy... Uh, <laughs> I think it was Bert Weinstein or Eric Weinstein. I know their their brothers are both uh, physicists. And um, I think it was Eric. He said something I found very profound. And I, I'm not segueing. I'm just I'm, uh, I'm adding to the conversation. He said, my problem with extraterrestrials in UFOs is that you never hear a physicist come out and explain the craft. It's always some guy who has nothing to do with physics. And yet everyone says that a UFO is a physics problem. But the physicists are never talking about it. So until a physicist comes out and talks about it, I'm just going to say it's all propaganda and it's probably made by us. And I, I say that to say this. We have such intelligent people on this planet. And if you really get into the sci-fi stuff... You know, I mean, there's, look, you can go in so many different directions, and I, I don't, I don't say that I don't believe this, and I'm not saying it's not real, I'm just saying I have a hard time comprehending some of these things as being accurate, because I know people, um, at times can be extraordinary liars. Extraordinary liars, and be extremely believable. And it's called propaganda. And, uh, 
with the supposed, I don't know, the supposed ability to have a base right now on Mars, and they're doing human cloning out there, okay? And uh, me and Steve Quill have battled this, you know, back and forth before. That and I and I want you to add to this because I know you know this story that there is a a underground base on Mars. We have the ability to teleport there, and there is the most advanced science that is like a thousand years forward of what we are currently happening on Mars because there's no humane restrictions. In in a sense, the reason why we are kind of latent in some of our technology here is because we have laws, international laws, domestic laws that would be breaking treaties that could be yeah, potentially yeah. extraordinarily dangerous and are also, you know, uh, very abusive to people. So here on Earth, if we're not doing that technology and it is being done on the dark side of the moon or if it is being done on Mars, then who's to say what can't be done? All right, and I know you know the Greg Evenson story. I'll let you take over. Yeah, I know I know Greg's story, and and Greg has a lot of per- he had a lot of personal credibility with me, uh, but I can't speak to the details of his accuracy because his claims did stretch your imagination, whether it be true or not true. I I would say this: I can't speak to Mars or dark side of the moon stuff. I have no idea about that, but what I do know is that my father repeatedly told me that from his work he did in in the uh, in what we commonly call operation paperclip uh he said that technology never went to nasa he said this is how he surmised there was a secret space force and he had no idea at the time that that was true he just said this is the only thing that makes sense because he went from being an isolated compartmentalized project director he started to be an overseer of four different quads and i'm not going to go into all the details now it's too complex but from that experience he could see how advanced the technology could have been from a theoretical perspective he didn't deal in laboratory stuff he dealt in the theoretical but he said, theoretically, we're way beyond what's being taught. And he said, there's clearly a bifurcation of science. So what that opens up the possibility is that the side that has control of AI could be 100, 300, 1,000, 10,000 years ahead of us, and we'd never know. And I do agree with you about the restrictions that are placed on scientific research. But I will also say this. There's always leaks that, that this is why I'm I, I can't commit to a belief in in the far out theories of Mars and the dark side of the moon because there hasn't been sufficient leaks that I would expect to have seen by now. Yeah, and you know, by the way, we got we if, got about one minute left, so give me a conclusion. <laughs> so in conclusion, the person who has the smartest AI is probably the most dangerous people in the world. That's that's really what it comes down to. AI is the next frontier. Nuclear weapons is not. It's sa- it's AI. It's satanic background, though. Absolutely. I'm telling you, this is Satan's backyard. There's, I'm absolutely convinced of that. I've been convinced of that. And by the way, this advanced uh, theoretical physics of the Nazis, where'd it come from? Well, they said it came from aliens. That's what they told my dad. My dad said, did you ever meet them? And they go, no, but our commanders did. And my dad had big skepticism on this. I said, well, what do you think it is? He goes, it's satanic as hell. He says, we know they were into the occult. I think that's a good note to close on. Um, (laughs) Doug, very quickly, give 20 seconds, tell people how they can follow your good work. So my name is Doug Thornton. I'm the host of the American Vindictus Show. It's on gsradio.net between 6 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Also on Rumble, also on uh, YouTube for now. We'll see if YouTube doesn't cancel me later today. And uh, we also have the Doug and Dave Intel Report that is also on Rumble. If you can't find it, type in Doug and Dave Intel Report. It's all one word. Rumble's kind of weird about that. Make sure you subscribe and share the content. When you share the content, you help us out uh, with getting the content more available on the platform. Also, make sure you're signed up to thecommonsenseshow.com and .tv. And, Dave, that's all I got. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure we've sparked a lot of controversy, and I guarantee this show's pissed off the wrong people. We'll see what happens. 
On into the future. This is uh, Dave Hodges on behalf of my broadcast partner, Doug Thornton, on the Doug and Dave Intel Report. We will see you back here again next time. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground. It will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more... Go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.